Welcome to the Seller Growth Podcast, sharing valuable tips and information in the Amazon and e-commerce space. Each week, we deliver the best interviews with some of the top Amazon personalities in the industry to help you grow your business. Here is your host, Rob Stanley. Hey everyone, Rob Stanley here with the Seller Growth Podcast. And today I've got James Stein from Elevated Brands. How are you doing, James? Well, and you, Rob. Thanks for doing having me. Doing great. Yeah, so we so we've actually you guys actually just did a name change recently, so you, people might know them as Recom Brands. That's right. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, we ended up having a uh, gosh, I talked to Rob and a few others on there, and and man, you guys always have great information. So I wanted to get you on and talk about how to operate an Amazon business at scale. And reason being, you guys deal with so many Amazon companies and uh, out there buying them, obviously keeping them going and uh, scaling them up. So let's uh, dive right in and uh, start talking about it. So one of the things that a lot of people experienced, and I know you probably also uh, saw this happen in the COVID last year, 2020, is a lot of people kind of got shut out from Amazon and they ended up having to start looking at other ways to be able to make sure their products were getting out to the public. And that either involved uh, doing some FBM, like shipping out of their own warehouse or using a 3PL facility. Uh, kind of why don't you maybe talk a little bit about that on what's your perspective on outsourcing to, you know, either a 3PL or even just doing it in-house. So, yeah, to talk about operating, so our evolution is actually, um, we were we were a reseller. We, we actually technically still are a reseller. Um, and, you know, we still have that business and that, and that business has thousands and thousands of SKUs in it. And when COVID hit last year, uh, we, 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 we sell mostly footwear and apparel. And so that's, you, you know, that was one of the non-essential categories that Amazon cut out. So literally overnight, I mean, obviously the inventory at FBA would continue to sell, but we, we had to flip over into, into doing FBM literally overnight. And we had a 3PL partner that was able to support us through that. Um, when we started the business, we ran our own warehouse. And look, the, the benefit, the, 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 the trade-off between the two is essentially this. If you run your own warehouse, it will definitely cost you less money, but it'll take up a tremendous amount more time. So the, the short answer is that if you, if you have like a rock star warehouse manager who can really own that thing full time, like, that is one reason to bring it in house because they said he's essentially your 3PR and he'll handle it for you. But there's so many other arguably much more important aspects to your business to be focusing on than, um, than dealing with basically warehouse minutia that being able to outsource and find like a good strategic partner in a 3PL is definitely, is, is definitely the way to go. And, and we saw that in our ability to kind of just, uh, you know, really pivot the business to an FBM model quite quickly because they had that skill set. And we didn't have to like learn that ourselves. Yeah, that's that's good information. And you know, one of the things we also kind of heard about is, and I hear this, I see this a lot on a lot of the Facebook groups I'm on. And uh, oh, real, just real quick, hey, uh, welcome everybody. So today uh, I've got uh, James on from uh, Elevated Brands, and we're talking about basically uh, how to operate and grow basically your business at scale, uh, your Amazon business. So. Uh, a lot of times what comes up on the Facebook groups is I see a lot of times they're talking about like uh, shipping and logistics from China, like getting their products over and getting it into the FBA warehouse. 
Mm -hmm. uh, what are some of the best methods you found as far as like shipping products and getting them to that FBA warehouse from China or even just, you know, other countries? So, I mean, it, it really goes back to uh, also the, you know, being able to use a 3PL because they're a lot more flexible and, and just have a broader skill set in managing your business. So like uh, Amazon, FBA is like just one of the most incredible things that have been brought into the world of entrepreneurship and just allows you to scale so fast. But because Amazon's operating at such scale, you know, there's uh, when COVID hit, they were... Um, reducing your ability to actually send anything to FBA if you weren't in a particular category. And even, you know, now almost a year later, there's still pretty stringent uh, inventory limitations happening. So the ideal thing is, of course, if you're bringing it in from China or even from your manufacturer, if you've got local supply, shipping it directly to FBA is definitely the most cost effective, uh, the most cost effective methodology. But oftentimes because of the limitations, they'll have to come through your 3PL and then be routed uh, to Amazon thereafter. And you just basically, I mean, if I could share my screen, I could show you, I could give uh, guys a tutorial on where in Seller Central to basically find this information. But like basically in your manage inventory tab, you can go to your rest your inventory planning and your restock uh, page and it'll show you exactly what your limitations are. Um, and then in terms of like what type of shipping method to use, um, Broadly, your your options are split between uh, you know UPS or FedEx or or an LTL or full truckload into FBA, and I think that um, a lot of people might not know this if they haven't been operating for a while. But like UPS and FedEx is a hell of a lot more expensive than LTL. But the way in which inventory gets received and booked into the fulfillment centers, UPS and FedEx typically don't experience the kind of delays that LTLs do uh, or, or full truckloads. So if you're if you're the name of the game is to stay in stock i mean first effectiveness we say and then efficiency so i you know unless the costs are becoming inordinate with a ups or a fedex um if you're if you're struggling to stay in stocks because because your 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 sales are just so high we we toggle to, to ups and just orientate towards paying you know premium and sending it that way um otherwise if you know our in stock position is good we're we're obviously looking to save money and send ltl yeah, now I'm going to keep you right on the screen there. What about like doing some consolidating over in the country that you're sourcing from prior to bringing it over? Yeah, absolutely. We're we're setting up a we're we're setting up three PL relationships in China as we sort of scale and get to that kind of uh, to get to those those kind of volumes. I mean, sorry, I, I skipped I skipped the part about full uh, about full container loads. Absolutely, booking full container loads is the most efficient way of doing it. And if you're buying from disparate um, suppliers around the country, around the world, you want to consolidate it into, into a warehouse and then basically ship it over when you've got a full, uh, a full container load. But again, like there's, there's, there's a whole bunch of, of things you can do in your logistics and shipping to cut costs. And that, that is absolutely really important. But we think that that is more important, again, when you're operating at, a, at, at significant scale and saving, you know, ten cents a unit really moves the needle. Whereas, um, in in the, it, until you get to that size, what you really want to ensure is that the trains run on time and keep your keep your keep yourself in stock. Yeah, that's good information. And uh, again, everybody who's just joined us, we appreciate those thumbs up. Uh, so be sure to hit those likes and subscribes. We really do appreciate that. There we go. They're coming in. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> So uh, yeah, James is, uh, let me tell you, James has dealt with a lot of Amazon FBA businesses, definitely an expert on scaling businesses. I mean, gosh, 
you know, having a company like Elevated Brands being able to go in, buy businesses, you guys see all kinds of stuff. I mean, you know, what needs to be fixed, what needs fixing, you know, how, how about like software? Like software is always a one thing that comes up all the time. And what do you guys do regarding like software? Is there software you recommend that people should be using it? How should they use it? You know, should they become masters at it? Like wh what's your whole approach on that? Yeah, so like I'm happy you brought this up because this has been, um, it's been a challenge for us basically from the beginning. Like the software programs out there, I mean, I think they essentially, so, so look, so the first, the first thing you need, of course, is an inventory management and channel management software. So you want a software where you can obviously track your inventory, um, have software that calculates your average cost so you know what, so you know what your margins are. And also, ideally, integrates with 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 channels not only uh, not only on Amazon because invariably, especially when you're operating a scale, you're going to be operating on different platforms. So you need that functionality, and you need the ability to sync inventory across the various platforms. The challenge we found personally is that, like, there from from an inventory management and channel management perspective, there's just shortcomings with just about every software you use out there. Um, I don't want to call out any particular companies, but we're you know we're we're using a, a, a sort of an ERP light software software system today, and it does the job and it has allowed us to scale. But the one major shortcoming, for example, is that it doesn't integrate with uh, with your accounting software, and so you're you're booking transactions independently of your margins and your inventory being deducted. So there's this constant reconciliation that has to take place between your accounting and your inventory management system. Um, we now, after four years of operating, think we found a fantastic solution. Um, a lot of a lot of aggregators in our space, I know, are actually building their own custom tech, which we think is which we think is maybe a little bit overkill because um, when you get to scale, you do have options like NetSuite and and SAP out there. You know, these guys have spent decades building very sophisticated ERP systems. The challenge is that um, there's a whole bunch of firstly migration that has to take place, and then sort of custom build outs that need to be built on top of the platforms in order to um, manage your Amazon business, just the nuances of dealing with FBA and FBM and stuff. Um, so we've we we found uh, an excellent custom solution actually with a with a startup that that kind of has built uh, a layer on top of NetSuite. And as we as we sort of roll it out and 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 get more detailed, I'd be very happy to share it with your audience. They're great guys. And so so the the high level guidance would be if possible find an inventory management system and channel management system that integrates with your accounting it's going to save you a hell of a lot of headaches and also make it so much easier to sell your business at, uh, uh, in the future because everything's going to reconcile and match up so that's on the inventory and channel management side of things and then from the business intelligence side of things um basically your dashboards this i will tell you about because i absolutely love the uh love the software we use a we use a software called the Elite Seller that essentially integrates with your with your Amazon stores um, and provides very good. It sort of allows you to see the the battlefield. It consolidates all your advertising and margin data. It's it's again the the short the shortcoming of it is that it doesn't integrate with your inventory management system. So your product costs have to be kind of imported over to it. But if you do that bit of manual work, uh, you still have a very good understanding of what's going on in your business. For us, long term, we'll be building out essentially our own business intelligence dashboards and stuff um, to integrate with NetSuite when we migrate over. Excellent, excellent. And uh, you know, we're starting to get some questions coming in, so that's great. Uh, Scott over on uh, YouTube, 
He asked, uh, when you're scaling a product business, how do you determine how much inventory to order? Is it just based on past sales velocity and manufacturer lead time? Good question, Scott. Keep the questions coming, guys. This is, it's, it's honestly one of the hardest things to get right. And um, uh, we're, 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 you know, we're, we're actually about to bring on a chief supply chain officer and he, ba and he basically said, and I think this is right, you can elect to do two things when, you're, when managing your inventory. You can either elect to have a low service, low inventory position or a high service, high inventory position. So the, the, the former is essentially just in time inventory, right? So you don't wanna have a lot of money tied up in your working capital. And so you're ordering and replenishing inventory just before you need it. The problem with Amazon is that you, especially when you're scaling the business, it's just, it's, it's so difficult to determine how much the just in time amount is, especially if you're on a, on a, on a rapid growth trajectory. So there's no question as you're scaling your business, you want to basically just be inventory heavy. And although that's going to tie up a lot of working capital, the cardinal rule in this business is don't run out of stock. Every, every other problem in managing your Amazon business, whether it's advertising, even if you get shut down from Amazon, they can be, well, <laughs> getting shut down depending on how severe it is, is, it's probably just as bad as running out of inventory. But other than that, most other problems can be solved in a, in a reasonable amount of time, except running out of stock when you've got a three month lead time to get the product in. So the, the, the way to forecast inventory is, you know, look at your historical sales, look at what you, what apply your own assumptions to what you think you're going to grow the business on basis, you know, creative adjustments you're making or increases in ad spend, and then build in a massive contingency. Yeah. And I'm going to jump in there also, Scott, you know, uh, take a look at Akrumi. If you're having trouble with, you know, obviously product selling out too quickly, you need to expand your inventory, head on over to Akrumi.com, three minute form. You can fill it out and we'll give you an instant estimate on funding. And again, no interest payments, no monthly payments. So take a look at Akrumi also as a way to help you. We are partners with, uh, with Elevated Brands. So definitely uh, take a look at that. And you know, one thing that was mentioned, uh, James, uh, let me get uh, Scott's off the screen there. Uh, one thing that was mentioned is that uh, I was, I think I was talking to Rob or, or somebody over at the company there, and they were talking about how sometimes you have companies come in that you guys are evaluating to purchase. And when you start getting to like a no negotiation, they stop buying inventory. <laughs> and, and they were kind of like, I don't understand why they, you, you want to keep building it, right? You want to keep building it up because, you know, there's value there and the value goes up as you build it. And, you know, that's why I think, you know, Krumi has been such a good partner with uh, Elevated Brands is because, you know, if you're not sure, step in there, let us help you build that inventory up. And, uh, you know, to uh, just mention on the point that you brought up about uh, getting suspended. So uh, last week we just had our Krumi summit. Uh, Chris McCabe came on and did an entire, mm -hmm. very informative 45 minutes all about getting suspended. Now, I'm sure you guys have probably been in situations where you've dealt with, uh, you know, Many what times. do people do? Yeah. So what do they do uh, when they're dealing with, you know, possible suspensions and, and issues like that? Uh, first, first rule, and this is far easier said than done, especially if you haven't been through it before, is don't panic. It's it's literally it's just part of it's just part of operating on Amazon. They they have an incredibly challenging uh, they they have a massive challenge in essentially trying to trying to have to police their marketplace at scale. There are bad actors on Amazon. Uh, we've been subject to black hat attacks and stuff. And so you know they're really trying to just protect themselves. You're welcome, Scott. Um, 
And and what what we've noticed in recent years is seller performance has become a hell of a lot better than they used to. Previously, they used to shoot. They 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 would shoot first and ask questions later. Uh, now their communication uh, it seems to be a lot more. It, well, not doesn't seem to be. It is a lot more transparent. And the 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 you know. There's, there's a host of reasons that you could, or you, Amazon could think you're infringing on their terms of service. And the advice here is honestly, and it's like most things, you know, it's, it's common sense, but common sense isn't always common practice, is what Amazon wants to see is that you're taking their complaints seriously and you are putting and you are doing the research to determine the root cause of the mistake. And then you're putting in uh, place uh, uh, operational processes to ensure they never happen again. So the guidance is, read the correspondence from seller performance very, very carefully, and then make the commonsensical, logical things, uh, uh, changes in your business happen. And when you respond and provide, you know, a plan of action or evidence that you haven't infringed or whatever, you just want to be as clear as possible and literally sort of address each of their points, like bullet by bullet. There's, there's you know, there's the person reviewing your response is, you know, probably one of many, many, uh, you know, reps who are seeing you know thousands of these responses and the easier you can make it for those for those guys to or girls to uh, essentially look at what you infringed on and how you're going to fix it the quicker they'll be able to go okay th this guy th these guys are good actors i'm going to get their account back up or i'm going to re or i'm going to re um re-add their their asins the other thing is uh, we just had an incident like this um one of our products was taken down with for a, a safety a, a safety complaint and it was, you can actually, uh, I think the document is called an SDS document. So for products that require SDS, I can't remember what the abbreviation stands for, but it's essentially a document proving that you, you're very, you're compliant in that particular product category. You can actually upload that document into Seller Central beforehand so they can view it without having to like take down an ASIN and then you providing the documentation after the fact. Yeah, one of the things that Chris uh, McKay mentioned also in the summit, just to kind of uh, add on to what you just said, was uh, about not using, don't use templates. You know, they see the same, if they see 100%. the same thing over and over, be very specific to what the, you know, what they're regarding or what they're talking about, what you're going to do to fix it, have a game plan in place. And in fact, he was even mentioning going and fixing it prior to responding to them, if you can, yes. uh, to make sure that, you know, you could say, hey, I've done this, I've taken these steps, and going forward, I'm gonna take these following steps also. Uh, we're gonna have the deal. Yeah, it's probably the thing that that like nobody wants to deal with seller performance issues. It's just the most boring thing to deal with in your business. And we 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 made this mistake as well early on using templates because you just want to get back to operating your business, essentially, right? But you 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 basically should be should should allocate someone full time to responding to seller performance and dealing with this because yes they want to see that you're not giving them canned responses and you're actually taking their complaints seriously. Yeah, it it, it was easier in the past because in the past you kind of had multiple chances, right? Like they would give you another chance, give you another chance. Now I think it's like three strikes and you're out type of uh, rule, and I can't remember the exact amount, but they they basically now are. There's different levels, and once you hit that final level, you're not going to be back on there. Uh, we well, did have a Chris, Chris is probably closer to it than me, but uh -huh. in our experience, honestly, like Amazon, you know, third-party sellers with three hundred billion dollars of their of of their GMV last year, right? They're building all of these amazing tools. Like, 
they want they want good players on their platform. And um, again, if you if you if you come across as sincere, authentic, and you're not doing anything dodgy, I think you'll eventually get back on. Yeah, I agree with you. And then uh, a quick question came in, and I think this was actually targeted towards me and Akrumi. So just just so you know, real quick, uh, with Akrumi, we are looking for sellers that have been selling for at least six months and they're profitable. So most of those sellers are already going to be knowledgeable with Amazon. But yes, uh, when they actually join with us, we do help them out. So just a quick one there. Um, and we got some more questions. Keep those questions coming in. Everybody hit that like and subscribe. Uh, what about uh, things to consider when you're sourcing a product? What kind of things do you guys look at? Let me get that off the screen. <laughs> what kind of things do you guys look at to help you know, maybe uh, keep that brand going and accelerate it more when you're trying to source you know, some more products to uh, kind of bring it up to another level or scale the business? I'm going to sound like a broken record, but it's it's reliability, 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 right? So, um, you know, I, I suppose we, we're skipping over like, uh, you know, when you if if you're launching a product from scratch, it's like the 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 classic uh, uh, advice people give you: you want to sell a product that's unique, differentiated, and isn't commoditized. That'll set you up for success. If you've already done all that research and stuff, firstly, like that's half the battle is just finding a great product to launch. Um, or, or develop or whatever. Um, and then thereafter, it's reliability of supply. You want to vet that you that your supplier, just like your 3PL provider, like I don't even like to call um, these, vet, these, these people uh, uh, like vendors or service providers. They're really strategic partners. And, and, and although you may not be in a JV with them, your businesses are completely intertwined. So you want to you want to vet as much as you can that when a supplier um, tells you what their lead time is, and the quality of their manufacturing is is up to scratch, that you that that you can actually uh, rely on them to scale basically, and you can do that through um, obviously reference checks from them. You should you should ask for three to five references um, to 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 vet that out. Another thing that we we like to do is um, prior to um, to acquiring a business, we'll actually ask uh, ask the seller to just basically show us a history of, you know, how often how often the supplier is committed to a goods ready date versus uh, and the lead times, and then vet uh, if they were actually able to hit those deadlines. And if they're doing it consistently, it's a very good sign that they can be relied upon. And you can scale with them. Um, the, the the second thing is, although once you find a good supplier. You kind of want to go all in with them and build a business with them because it's very hard to find them. You also it's this it's this catch twenty two because you also don't want a single point of failure, right? Like, sh excuse my language, but shit happens, and uh, you want to ensure that like if if there's a coronavirus outbreak at a, at a manufacturer and they have to shut down for a week, you know, for a couple of months, or if there's if if machinery malfunctions, you've got a backup that you can go to so you aren't uh, just kind of left holding the bag. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, yeah, so keep those questions coming. Uh, I mean, we're th there's such a wide variety of things that we can cover when it comes to like scaling an Amazon business. Obviously, we're not going to be able to cover them all. But if anybody uh, who's, you know, we got a ton of people listening right now, uh, feel free to jump on there, ask a question, you know, that maybe is specific to you, what you're working on. And uh, so, James, I, I'm sure that I, I probably missed something <laughs> and there's more we could cover. Uh, what else is kind of a high level item that I maybe missed that we should be uh, talking about? Yeah. Um, you know, 
I think I think if you're starting out, you're just worrying about sort of your your success and is this going to work and is it going to be profitable? Um, which of course you've got to get right first. But the the thing that I think catches out a lot of sales, and we see this with businesses that we buy. I mean, a, a, a lot of the reason sellers are selling businesses to us. I mean, Rob, this is essentially a shout out to you guys. Is uh, is working capital? So your your success becomes your problem in a way if you are not properly capitalized. So you launch a product, it, it hits it out the park in year one, and then all of a sudden in year two, in order to keep growing, you just have to plow that much more money back into working capital. So I, I really would highly recommend that 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 people solve for uh, success before they have it and have in place a strategic partner to fund their working capital so that they can continue to ride their wave and really and really just maximize the success that you're having. The, the worst thing that can happen is if you're, you know, you hit it out the park, you're doing more sales than you thought you ever could, and all of a sudden you're you just you basically just can't afford to, to to buy inventory for a few months. So I would solve for that upfront. Yeah, that's good information. You know, what about also uh, when we were talking about a little more about like when you get in production done, how are you guys dealing with like inspections? I mean, a lot of people I I think uh, I feel from talking to a lot of them, some people just kind of bypass not doing inspections, you know, and, and early on you were just talking about quality, make sure quality of product is a big one. Uh, what do you guys do when it comes to the inspections and getting them done prior to shipment? Well, we've got, uh, you know, we're large enough now that we've got our own, you know, sourcing team on the ground in China. So we have in, we have people in house with quality inspection experience that are going to the factories, maintaining the relationship with the factories and doing our quality inspections in house for us. There's, there's a whole bunch of third parties that are available. I could probably um, get some names for you. you. Could post in the show notes or something, but you've got to do it. It's like it's like all these boring things are the things that end up biting you if you don't take care of them. I mean, the worst thing you can do is do it. You know, is do a run and and you get the product. And I mean, it happened with us. We acquired a business and uh, and it was a U.S. based based supply chain. And we we actually I don't think we we didn't get it quality checked and. The, the the product was a consumable product and we just got a million customer complaints. I mean, it, it really can just, you know, take your business down for many months, if not destroy it. So, that, I mean, you have to focus on that for sure. Um, other than that, Rob, like, I think just sort of more high level generic uh, generic advice. And again, it's this these sort of tried and true things that I think all entrepreneurs here is like, businesses are about people, man. They just are like, um, and I think, and I think inventory-based business. I've said this a bunch in some other podcasts as well. It's like you've got two problems to solve uh, at the at the highest level. The first is you've got a capital problem to solve because they're highly capital-intensive businesses. In our case, buying businesses is capital-intensive, and then funding the working capital is capital-intensive. But these businesses are also like highly operationally complex from a supply chain, marketing, and branding perspective. And the better people you can get in those uh, in each of those verticals who have spent, you know most of their career figuring out how to be a, a world-class uh, brand strategist or, 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 or a person uh, who spent all their career, you know, refining their, there was a question about inventory planning. You know, there's, there's, there's guys and girls out there that have been trained on how to do supply and demands and demand planning using very sophisticated software tools and algorithms and stuff. So finding those people and getting them in house is going to make your life just infinitely easier. Yeah, so let's also talk about uh, if if somebody's been running their Amazon business, let's say a couple of years, they've been running it, they're, they've been successful, uh, they want to look at basically exiting and selling to somebody like you guys. Uh, you know, why don't you step us through 
what are some of the things that they should put in place before they come to you guys uh, that maybe would help get them a bear, bigger uh, you know, return or more money for their business? And mm -hmm. then also maybe step through what's the process once they get started with you guys? Um, oh, to, to, you know, we're buying a business now. Uh, the sellers are a husband and wife couple and they, they, uh, I think it's their fourth or fifth business that they've, uh, that they've started and sold. And so like they, it, it's been the most pleasant experience we've had because they literally have, have documented and have their entire playbook like handed to us. It's just been the smoothest process ever, smoothest process ever. Cause they literally can just hand us a playbook. And us understanding how their supply chain works and their branding works, all of that is amazing. In terms of maximizing your multiple, you know, this is it's obviously market dependent, but like re repeat order products are going to command a higher multiple. So, uh, you know, subscribe and save stuff that's consumable and that you can lock in business and have recurring revenue. That's definitely going to command a premium in the market in, in the marketplace. Um, in terms of like. A, sort of a smooth due diligence process. I referenced it earlier, and it's the challenge in this industry with 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 not amazing sort of off the shelf software out there. Is like a, a, an inventory management and accounting system that are well integrated and easy to reconcile. So it's easy for a, 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 sell, a an aggregator like us to come in and just tick and tie everything to bank uh, to to bank statements and margins to inventory uh, to to inventory systems. It just makes it much easier and a much smoother transition. That's great. And James, we did have a question come in. Uh, a person was asking about SOP, standard operating procedures. Should they have that in place? Does that help, you know, when they come to you guys? Or do you kind of have your own system and way of doing things? No, it, I mean, firstly, yes, we're, we're, uh, we have our own SOPs, of course. But, uh, you know, businesses are like snowflakes and people. They're all unique, right? So, <laughs> so the more well-documented your supply chain is your advertising strategy is your 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 new SKU development uh, strategy is the better you should you should be documenting all of that it makes it think think about it like we're we're got to come in and we got to figure out how to run this business that you've been running for four or five years and if we're able to have easily referenced documents that makes it easy to tra train our staff in-house it makes it it makes a world of difference and also again it just it just expedites the amount of time from LOI to close and money in your pocket. Absolutely. Absolutely. So just a, a quick wrap up. I got James Stein from Elevated Brands. He's one of the co-founders. And today we've been talking about, you know, how to operate and basically scale your Amazon business. And, uh, you know, James, absolutely great information. Uh, I advise everybody to definitely uh, take a look at Elevated Brands. And again, oh, I'd they're like partner. To share, Rob, I'd like to yeah, say yep. like, like the other... The, again going back to the people thing is like speak to experts like <clears throat> come talk to us come talk to other people who are running these businesses at scale even if you're not interested in selling yet at some point you most likely will be right and we we can help and you know one of one of the sort of um core values of our business is meaningful work and meaningful relationships so we're we love we love the sellers we bought the businesses from. We love the sellers we haven't bought the businesses from. It's a small industry. We want to build relationships with everyone, and I think that like in terms of maximizing your value, like if you're looking to exit in a year and you start a conversation with us now, we'd be super happy to say, hey, let's let's help you get all of these things in place. We can help you grow your business. It's going to maximize your value, and it'll be a super easy uh, a sales process by the time you're ready to sell. 
Sorry, you're off. Yeah. No, that's perfect. So we're going to leave everybody with the to-do list right now. <laughs> so what you're going to end up doing is go over to AccruMe, fill out a three-minute form, see if you can get some funding, and we'll help you obviously invest more in your inventory and scale your inventory. Then after that, you're going to get a hold of elevated brands and let them know that you are interested in selling. Maybe not right now. Maybe it's in the future. And what things can I do to basically improve or scale my business so you get a better multiple? I mean, that's yeah. the two two takeaways from this. So uh, James, again, James Stein from Elevated Brands, co-founder of Elev Elevated Brands. I appreciate you being on the Seller Growth Podcast. And uh, thanks so much for uh, being on. And if I miss anything, please feel free. And uh, how do they get a hold of you? Oh, uh, email me, james at elevatebrands.io. Uh, you can find us on LinkedIn. You can go to our website. And yeah, guys, I mean, I hope I hope this has been valuable. And uh, yeah, we look forward to hearing from you. And Rob, thank you so much for having us uh, for having me on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. So again, we're live every Tuesdays and Thursdays. So be sure to tune in. Uh, you know, we're always got great guests every Thursday. We're always doing demo days and presentations. And then, of course, we got the uh, podcast on every Tuesday. So we got some great people coming up again this week and next. And be sure to take a look and check out Elevated Brands. And, of course, go check out Akrumi. You can contact me, rob, at akrumi.com or hit me up on LinkedIn also. Thanks again, James, for being on. Cheers, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week on the Seller Growth Podcast. Special thanks to our sponsor, Akrumi. If you are an Amazon seller looking for funding, be sure to visit akrumi.com and fill out the three-minute instant funding form. Join us next week for more great tips to help you grow your business.